Welcome to the 167 Podcast, a podcast to inspire, challenge, and encourage you. Our goal is to help you live into the 167 hours of your week away from church. And now your host, Shannon Patterson. Welcome to episode four of the 167 Podcast. I am Shannon I get to be the lead pastor. I say that. I often try to emphasize the get, Josh. Yeah. I mean, it's a it's an honor, but oh, yeah. Yeah, totally. I get to be the lead pastor of the Porch Community Church, and I am here with my good friend, our media pastor, Joshua Harrell. Good morning, good day, or good afternoon, or good evening, depending on when you're listening to this podcast. Good three o'clock in the morning to you. Yeah, we appreciate you taking your time out of your busy day and listening to us talk. <laughs> um, this is the 167 podcast where we want to ha- cr- produce content that inspires you. Yes. And once you once you feel inspired, we want you to smash that subscribe button so you don't miss an episode. Mm-hmm. But also, if this if this podcast does help you throughout the week come closer to God, we want you to share it with someone. For sure. And if you happen to miss any of our podcasts, you can check them out on the Apple podcast app. Right there, search the Porch Community Church. Um, and if you missed any of the sermons on the 167 series, make sure to check them out on our YouTube page. Just yeah. search the Porch Community Church and you'll find it right there. Right there. This week we wrapped up the 167 series. Hang on, I got to pause you there, Josh. Okay. You said the word, you got to smash the button, and it made me think of something. Okay. So the other day I was sitting there with Mallory, and you know, I think everyone in our church knows, but if you're checking us out for the first time, I'm from Oklahoma. I try to find a way to work that into just about every message I can. I don't know why, but I do. Um, And uh, when I first moved here to Georgia, I found that there were many words that people say that we do not say in um in Oklahoma. I mean, we're still kind of southern. I mean, we say y'all and everything, but and one of them was mash buttons. Mm-hmm. And so you said smash, it made me think mash. And then it's the one about cutting the light off, like cut the light. Mm-hmm. So I'm sitting there with my daughter the other night, who is a Georgia peach. She's born and raised here. And she said something about cutting the light off. And I was like, oh, no, ma'am. No, ma'am. We turn the light off, which technically you don't do either of those whenever you're you know, flicking a switch. But um, I just thought that was funny. So, hey, all our listeners, um, I would love to hear the weird things that you say from wherever you're from. Like, And I know most of you are Georgia people, but there's some things you say that are weird. And we can talk about them next week. So... Whether you cut or mash or do you do you um, cut the grass or do you mow the lawn or do you mow the grass? Cut the grass. You cut the grass? Yeah. Uh, the one I got in trouble for. Uh-huh. Um, I was working at Publix and we had a northern uh, manager mm-hmm. and I asked him for a rag. Oh, wow. Okay. And he's like, what's a rag? And I'm like, you know. Like a towel? Like a, like like a, a little towel. Like a hand towel? Like a yeah. hand towel. And he uh-huh. goes... That sounds dirty. We don't use rags <laughs> in Publix. Yes, sir. I'm like, okie dokie. Yeah, there's like bags and sacks. Like in Oklahoma, yep. we'll say sack, and 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 then here it's bags. Oh, he get and he get real upset if he called it a buggy. And by the way, it's a shopping cart, and I can attest to this because the shopping cart was invented in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. That's where the patent was. That's where it was done. So, and it was patented as a shopping cart, so everyone get it right. Mm. All right, so now let's get to the things that are, people are going, I'm, I'm done, I'm out. And, 
And I hope you're getting a smile while you're listening, pushing around your buggy at no. the grocery store. If you have a baby in it, go for it. Yeah. But if you've got like milk and eggs in it, then it's a shopping cart. So this week we wrapped up the 167 <laughs> series. And it was capped off by our student and worship pastor preaching, Justin Crenshaw. He had a great message about mm-hmm. um, proximity determines purpose. Yes. Yeah. So, Shannon, this will be the first podcast uh, talking about a message you didn't preach. Yeah. Wow. So this will be fun. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. So as Josh said, we, wrap, we wrapped up the series. Uh, I think it's important to note that we're not wrapping up the podcast. Very true. Um, we've wrapped up the 167 series as far as Sunday morning messages, but we're going to be continuing this podcast for, I mean, at least up to Easter and see how it's going and seeing if it's um, beneficial to our listeners and um, just something to help you guys during the week to reconnect, to maybe think through the message again. Um, Just all the things that Josh just said. We just want to give you content that helps you on your journey of faith. So yes, we wrapped the series but we're going to keep the 167 podcast going for a while. So I want to remind everybody that the uh, theme verse for this series is out of Romans chapter 12, and I want to read it to you. Um, So as you're driving or walking or whatever you're doing, uh, here is God's word for us. It says this in verses 1 and 2 of Romans 12, reading from the message. So here's what I want you to do, God helping you take your everyday ordinary life You're sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. I mean, that is a description of what it means to live out all the 168 hours that God gives us in a week, and of course the 167 being the hour that we're not together in some way as the church, as far as worship. Here's what the rest of the verse says. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him, which I think is really profound, Josh, because I think sometimes we are constantly going, um, you know, what can I do for God? And we're Mm going to talk about this, you know, like Justin talked about what is our purpose? What is the specific work that God has called us to? Mm -hmm. And, And I do believe that we've all been gifted in ways and and given uh, abilities and uh, we like to say gifts and graces that are things in our life and um, that, that God can use those in tremendous ways um, to honor him, to glorify him, to do his work. But I think when you really kind of drill down to the basics, I love this. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. And it starts there. Yeah. So it really is about... Okay, what has God done for me? Well, He's sent Christ for me, so my sins are forgiven. So I've been redeemed. I'm living in grace. Um, I receive the mercy of God. Um, I can, you know, He sees me as righteous. Like, you know, I'm clothed in righteousness because of Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm going to live into that. I'm going to embrace that in my life. And that is the very best thing that we can do for Him, for God. And, um, and and I think that because I think for a lot of us we might want to disqualify ourselves. Oh yeah, totally. From like having a oh well, I don't have a special work. I don't have a specific work. What mm-hmm. the reality is is it might not be what you wrote down in your journal or the you know in third grade. You know I I wanted to be a reporter. Then I wanted to be some kind of a writer. Mm-hmm. I thought about an architect for a while, but then I realized you had to be kind of good at math. Um, <laughs> and then. Um, 
I wanted to be a writer for SNL for Saturday Night Live for a long time. That's what oh, I wanted wow. to do. So, um, but guess what? I write a lot of stuff during the mm-hmm. week all the time. Mm-hmm. So I'm a writer. Yeah. And who knew? And who knew? sometimes what our God-given special work is, we don't see as special. Oh, for sure. Yeah. 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 We know? just think it's run-of-the-mill, whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And because it's not on stage, we mm-hmm. just kind of brush it off as like, oh, that's that. the church really can't use that or God really can't use that. Right. It it's not the flashy jobs. Mm-hmm. It's not the flashy work. Yeah. You know? And it it's kind of a shame that we almost um put a negative connotation on what we're good at because we don't see it as something God can use flashy. Yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah, it's not center stage spotlight right. kind of thing. So so yeah, I mean, I love that that we if we embrace what God is doing for us, it's it's that's the very first step. So, listen, if you're struggling right now with what your calling is or what your specific work is, or you know, let's say you're employed doing one thing, but you know you're gifted in another, and you're finding that to be, I don't want to say a contradiction, but like, okay, my passion's here, but this thing over here is what pays the bills. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. that's where yeah. a lot of us, a lot of people are. I would just encourage you to start with embracing what God has done for you because that's the very best thing you can do for Him. Mm -hmm. Because in recognizing what God has done for us, we are living a life of worship. We are honoring God. And I think, one, it will change our perspective in what we are doing that we might sense is, okay, maybe this is for a season. Maybe this is going to get us by until... Um, but oh my goodness, the opportunity to worship God in that is huge. We talked about that in the mm-hmm. in the uh, second week, so I guess episode two of work. So if right. you uh, haven't listened to that, I encourage you to go back and listen to that to episode two of the podcast. I want to finish reading this. So we embrace what God does for us. It's the best thing you can do for Him, and that says, and oh my, this is where we are. This is where we've been. I mean, especially with all the election stuff and you know, how people uh, have perceived and responded to world events, but says this, don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Ooh. Instead, fix your attention on God. And again, oh my goodness, I I think (laughs) there's just, we, we do, we fit into the culture so easily without even giving it a second thought. Um, it says you'll be changed from the inside out, readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Um, and I don't think we can readily recognize what God wants from us until we first have been very intentional about embracing what God does for us. Mm-hmm. You know, like we don't really know him. Like, you know, Justin talked about how do you even know what God's call is for your life? And, and you mentioned it, it's that whole be close to him, that proximity right. to him. So uh, readily recognize what he wants and quickly respond to it. Then it ends with this, unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings out the best of you and develops well-formed maturity in you. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you see like the process in that. Um, and I think for me, when I look at uh, my message prep, my writing that right. I do, um I feel like 
I always want to call attention to the fact that um, the culture around us, and you know, we can make that seem like a bad word, but mm-hmm. just everything around us, um, if it's not intentional about God and focused on God, it is going to be something that could pull us away from Him. So that dragging us down to its level of immaturity. And I think probably an underlying point in just about every message I preach is, hey, let's stop and think about this. Let's stop and question, why do I think this way? Why do I feel this Mm -hmm. way? Why do I respond this way? Is this in line with God's Word? Is this what God wants? And um, I think that's kind of how I process right. um, what I'm trying to learn and understand. And so I think that just kind of shows in, in how I teach. But that's the whole thing is, am I just being dragged down to the level of immaturity in my cult, of the culture around me? Mm-hmm. Or am I, very, am I being intentional about knowing my God, knowing His Word, um, practicing it, which mm-hmm. it is a practice. It's not, I love that it says it develops well-formed maturity in you. It doesn't mean that... Uh, we automatically are mature because we've said, oh, yes, I love Jesus. Like, mm-hmm. no, that's that's a practice. It's a development. Mm-hmm. Um, what we say here all the time is that we are, each and every one of us, on a journey of yes. faith. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it's the first step or, you know, we're coming to the ends of our steps here on earth, but we're all on a journey of faith. So, um, I don't know if you want to throw anything in there or not. But... Um you kind of hit the nail on the head uh, with referencing culture. Yep. It's It seems without uh, culture saying this, it deifies the creation and not the creator. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. you know, honestly, if your faith walk is complementary to our culture, mm-hmm. you need to reexamine it, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, you know, it's... It was kind of the joke in like '90s uh, Christian music where, um, if it's cool, it's probably not God. Mm-hmm. Um, like D- DC Talk had a lot of lines about that. Yeah. Um, and we're we're designed to be a counterculture to mm-hmm. what the world presents as normal. Mm-hmm. And if we're not being a counterculture and we're just kind of folding ourselves into well, this kind of uh, this supports my self motivation, yeah, and it's it's approving of what is in my life, whether it be sin or not. I'm going to do that, yeah, and then that's where and that's where we pull the veil over our own eyes <laughs> about what we as creations of the Creator, creations of God, are meant to do, and we're meant to worship and glorify Him, mm-hmm. and if we're putting ourselves or something about ourselves on a pedestal above God, then our culture is wrong. Right. And, you know, I think, yes, I totally agree. And, you know, I think most of us, we think we've, and maybe in our younger years, I think maybe as we get older, we're not quite as prone to be so swayed, but we still are. Oh, yeah, I mean, totally. I even think about like the political landscape, bef- you know, prior to the election and even post election, just very seasoned individuals who have mm-hmm. many decades in their life who just seem to just jump into, you know, the culture around them without mm-hmm. really thinking. And, um, you know, I think that can, it can be dangerous. I think it hurt our witness as a follower of Jesus. Um, 
you know, and the thing is, is that we don't have to try to conform to the world around us to, um, there are so many things like we're all human beings. Like there's our similarity. We're all drawing breath. Um, you know, we, we are all people. We all desire fulfillment. We all desire, um, uh, living a life that is of, like I said, fulfillment that is, you know, of purpose. And I think there are so many commonalities already there that we, we don't have to like search for more ways to be like everyone else, like be present, but bring Jesus in that. Mm-hmm. You mentioned the whole, uh, worshiping the creation and not the creator. And I, um, you know, we'll, we'll give a plug. Um, mm-hmm. So we're starting a new series this week, and pod, podcast listeners, so you get in on this a little bit. I did hint at a briefly in a message uh, two weeks ago that, that we're going into this series. We don't often promote our series. We kind of wait and let it be like, a, here's where we are, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're starting a new series this Sunday called The Gospel According to Genesis. And we're going to be in this series um, leading up to Easter, and I'm very excited about it. I'm four weeks into uh, message development, and um, been working on a study guide mm-hmm. uh, so that we can, again, equip people in the 167. So like every, I don't know if it's going to go pre-message. Um, so since you're listening to this podcast, oh. you know... Are they that, getting? Are we giving out some secrets? Yeah. Some? So if you go to our website, theportcc.com, there will be a notes tab, and you will be able to pull up Shannon's study guide for the first service before we actually go live with it. So you will walk in knowing exactly where Shannon's going to go. <laughs> no, because Shannon won't know exactly where she's going to go, but you'll be you'll be closer than anybody else will be. So <laughs> no, but yeah. So we'll have the study guide up on. On, a, on Sunday mornings, and um, we're making that available so that people can lean in in their, in their uh, if they started a Paracaleo group last semester, or if mm-hmm. they have a community group, or, you know, if they're meeting with a group of friends, whatever you call it, I mean, it's, the name's really not as important as the opportunity to sit down with other people and study, and yes, you can do it as an individual too, for sure, um, but of course, anytime you can gather with others, it's always mm-hmm. good. Um but point being is that we're starting this series talking about worship. You said creation over the creator, and we're starting, of course, right out there in Genesis one one, and we're going to be talking about just the 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 immense, just the magnitude and the glory of of what God has done in creation, and basically, we're going to see why there is a need for the gospel because mm. of what we find in the book of Genesis. So uh, I look forward to that. Um, we're going to be talking about creation and creator and how all that works. So mm-hmm. um, Justin made a fantastic point that has stuck with me. Um, I mean, as soon as he said it, I was like, yes, on Sunday. He said, proximity determines purpose. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, uh, we're thinking, oh, okay, you're talking about being proximity, of course, meaning being close to. Right. Um Okay, yeah, be close to God. I mean, but this applies to anything. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he used the example of how he would kind of mimic his father right. as a young boy, and that he, because he was close to his dad, he did later on, and even, you know, like his wife points out, Allison points out that he does things or says things now that are like his dad because of that proximity. 
And um, it's true. I mean, proximity determines purpose. So wherever you find yourself, wherever you're um, giving your energy and your focus and your time and, and your physical presence, but I also think maybe your emotional presence or, you know, we're so technological. So like, mm-hmm. where are we putting our like intellectual focus? Like, what are we zooming in on online? Right. All, it's going to determine our purpose. Mm-hmm. And um, so I, I just think that was a really great um, statement. And then he just built upon that about, okay, but we are talking about being close to God. So what does that look like? Right. Um, and, uh, one of the, he, he kind of offered, uh, a couple of ways that we can be closer to God. And of course it starts with scripture, Mm -hmm. God's word. Um, we will, the best way for us to ever know God is through his word. If we want to know his heart, if we want to know his, um, compassion, if we want to know his grace, if we want to know, yes, his, uh, just justness, justice, um, like all those things we will find in the word. Mm-hmm. Um, we might not always agree with the word. Right. Ooh. Um, uh oh. What happens then? Do we do we just throw that bit out or do we uh realign ourselves? See it comes mm-hmm. all back to that. So um we know, and he offered a, a, the Psalm Psalm one nineteen, your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. I mean that is it. God's word shows us um, directionally where we should be going. As a new believer, gosh, I'd probably maybe, I don't know, a month or two into being a follower of Jesus, I did a Bible study, and I've done it twice. Actually, I might have done it three times now, um, by a Blackaby and King called Experiencing God. Um Experiencing God, and and the main point of it was, uh, you can experience God through the Bible, prayer, circumstances, and the church, and those are some great ways to experience who God is. And I thought about that on um, when when Justin was saying, um, God reveals His work to us through His Word, because obviously that's one of them, the Bible, right? You know, prayer, circumstances, the church, in the Wesleyan doctrine. Uh, which we ascribe to here. Um, there's something known as the quadrilateral. It sounds like a, I don't know, maybe a football play. I don't know. Sounds like a fancy math term. Yeah, math term. Or I, see, of course, I went to sports, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just means that it's this. It's a, it's a tool that we can use for theological reflection. Okay. That it's not just one thing that you, but that you can understand, have a greater understanding for who God is by scripture. The, the tradition of the church, not meaning like, how do you do worship, but like, what have the um, our forefathers mm-hmm. done and processed, and like, what have they experienced, what have they, uh, not, not experienced, what have they learned, and what have they shared with us in their um, study? So, scripture, tradition, reason. Okay. Reason, like actually being able to reason, I mean, that that's... Wisdom, that's discernment. And then fourthly, experience. Um, And so we would say in the Wesleyan tradition, like these are ways that we can look at God's word Mm -hmm. and say, okay, uh, or we can look at the heart of God and go, how how do we see him working in the world? We say, okay, what's the scripture say? What has, you know, if, if, for instance, I'll give an example. If I 
tomorrow made a post and said, here's what the Bible really means. And I listed like 10 things that were just so off the charts weird. Right. One of the things, well, you might just be able to pick it up straight away with your reason and go, that's not right. But another way you look at that is you go, okay, well, who are some some people that have, you know, spent, you know, I mean, like from Augustine, I mean, I'm talking like great, great theological thinkers Mm -hmm. from years and years and years, you know, hundreds of years ago. And they all seem to be in line. And then here comes Shannon with some strange ideas. Well, you would see there's an imbalance there, right? Okay, yeah. So that's what I mean by by tradition. Okay. Anyway, so Justin was saying, hey, God reveals his work for us through his word. How do we know uh, what God calls for us? Well, we first of all, we, we're in his word. Um, I think it goes back to the whole what we... Um, what we know about God, what we embrace about what God has done for us is the best thing we can do for Him. So it starts there. Very simple. Mm-hmm. Um, anyone can do that. Mm-hmm. And and it starts in that place. Um, so I loved that um, the, the next point that he made was that God, so we can say, all right, God, would you reveal yourself to us in your word? Now would you reveal yourself to us through your people? And that's, True. I mean, you go back to um, Bible prayer circumstances and the church is an example from that Bible study I did. The church, the people of God. Um, You know, so how is God working through people? Um, He made this point that God will often reveal his work for us through the encouragement and the wisdom of other people, like speaking into our lives. Right. I don't know, have you ever experienced, like, have you had people speak that into you at, a, at certain points in your life, and you were like, okay, all right, God, this is this is you working in this. Have you ever... Um, usually, you notice it after the fact, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Um, I can point it back to, uh, I have two youth pastors that were my youth pastors, mm-hmm. and then, um, and it happened with both of them. With Bob and you, mm-hmm. so um, there are different points in my life where I was at different places. Um, my first youth pastor was a guy named Deke Doberly, and he uh, was the first person that kind of said, "Hey, you're an athlete. So what? <laughs> what does that mean for you as?" A Christian, what does that mean for you as a future husband? What does that mean for you mm. as a future ho- father? Because you were you were just like I'm an athlete, period. Yes. And he was saying you're an athlete. Ellipses, like dot dot dot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And so that was kind of the first, like, especially at a younger age. Like, how old were you? Um, eighth or ninth grade. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Athlete, period. Yeah. That's athlete, all you- <laughs> period. Like, yeah. Where am I going to go to school, and where am I putting my Olympic medal? Yeah, you know? yeah. Like that's what that's what the goals were. Um, so he was very. I mean, I was a believer at this time period, but nothing else really mattered. Mm-hmm. I mean, if I wasn't in the pool, I was thinking about the pool. Mm-hmm. And Deke really challenged me for a long time to think. So what? Mm. Like you're an athlete. So how does how is God going to use that if all you care about is what you consuming and you at that point in your life you saw you didn't even think twice about life beyond swimming no 
Yeah. No, not at all. Uh, so mm-hmm. that was your, you were all in it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm, that was your reality. Yeah. So that's good. That's a good challenge. And then, so um, I don't want to go through all of them, but, and then uh, uh, something you challenged me with one time. It was when we were making the, tra- the transition to becoming the Porch Community Church. Uh-huh. You said, you're great at tech. But what else? <laughs> you know, it, it's real. It's really so. It's kind of like, like the swimming thing all over again. <laughs> yeah. I get consumed a lot with what I'm. Oh yeah. With what I'm doing, so like I get so wrapped up in it that I forget about things outside of it. Yeah, yeah. So, um, Adeline was not even a year old or a year old when we started this whole process, and God. and um, it you were really challenging me to think outside of. Uh, being a, a first-time dad and a first-time or and a tech guy, uh, you're like, you're good with people. So how mm-hmm. are you going to love and lead people? Mm-hmm. And because I don't need someone that can just do the things. I need someone that can yeah. grow people. Not and, just mash buttons. Right. Mash. Yeah. Mash the buttons. Smash the buttons. <laughs> so... Um, and then you just basically poured into me about growing my faith walk to become more than just a button masher, mm. more than just being a stereotypical, um, I don't want to say a good dad, but a cultural good dad. Mm. You babysitting your kids? Yeah. Like, I want to, anytime a dads don't babysit their any, children. Anytime someone, a dad tells me they're babysitting, I want to punch them in their face. You should say, well, who are you watching besides your own kids? Because that's 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 yeah. awesome of you. Do you have a daycare? What's yeah. going on? Yeah, that, and and I I think I've said that a couple times. <laughs> that that irks me to no end. Sidebar that makes me livid. Um, that a dad would say he's babysitting, <laughs> and if you're my friends and you've said that, yes, I've thought that about you. <laughs> um, yeah. So but, yeah, I mean, just. God uses people yeah. to to speak into our lives. There's uh-huh. no doubt about it. And for me, it's usually it's not usually the stuff I listen to because I'm almost self-deprecating. Mm-hmm. Um, the stuff I listen to more is God challenging me than God affirming me. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. <laughs> so on that. that's why those yeah. those uh, examples are challenges. Yeah, because when um, when God sends people to affirm me, I go nah. I could, like, oh, you're I, just being polite. Yeah, you're just being nice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I listen to cha- God's challenges better than I do his <laughs> affirmations. I had someone come up uh, to me on, some of you listeners might be familiar with the Walk to Emmaus. Um, it's a three-day, like, spiritual retreat, and it's it's a it's a great, it's a cool experience. It really is. Like, I, I tell people that are going to be going on it or thinking about it, I'm like, it's an opportunity to step outside of the world for three days. So Mm -hmm. anyway, I had probably been a believer for, I don't know, four or five years. And I went on the walk to Emmaus. And um, it's mostly like just regular people leading the weekend. But then there's also some some members of the clergy that are part of the weekend as well, just a couple. Mm -hmm. And I had one of the clergy people come up to me, who was a woman, which was already kind of like, I didn't know a lot of women in in ministry. Um, So... And she came up to me, kind of pulled me aside during the weekend and said, um, God's got a call on your life to be in ministry. And I thought, 
you are out of your mind. Like, there is no way that I'm going to be in ministry. Like, no, like, I didn't see it. I didn't understand it. I didn't. Um, but sometimes people see things in us that we don't see in ourselves. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, Justin talked about that Sunday about yeah. he had a, a music teacher that, or it was the a choir math, director. Yeah, choir director. Choir director. Who was like, I want you to sing. He's like, I don't want to sing. Uh, I, I turned to someone who I was sitting by in church on Sunday. I said, oh, I was sitting by Ryan uh, Graham, our drummer. Uh, <laughs> and I said, you know, you know why Justin didn't want to sing in the choir? Because he didn't think it was cool. And he's like, oh, yeah, that's why. So, Justin, if you're listening. Um, I wish I I w- wish I could play an instrument. And you know why I didn't ever get in band or orchestra? Because I didn't think it was cool. Yeah. So that I was play lame. trumpet. Really? Yep. Wow. Well, I can't play anything at all. Well, I can't play it now, but. Yeah. Well, um, but like we have people speak into our lives that maybe sometimes we don't see it. But so, so God reveals himself. So, you know, wondering, God, what is your specific work for me? Are there some trusted people, like people that are wise and that, um, and, and you don't want to put all the weight on it, but if there are some trusted people in your life who have said, hey, this is what I see in you, um, or this is what you should be praying about this, lean into that mm-hmm. because that could very well be God using that person to speak something into your life that you're just unable to see at the moment. Um there's one of these, I don't know, statements or thoughts that I've had for a long time is that if we ever knew God's, like if God ever told us his plan for us, mm-hmm. I think we would either run scared mm-hmm. or laugh in his face. Yeah. Because either we just like, oh my goodness, that freaks me out, or we would just laugh because it just seems so crazy. Mm-hmm. Um and so I think there's a reason we don't always know. Is like it takes God kind of he he works in ways that you know through people oftentimes like mm-hmm. speaking that word of hey what about this what about that but we don't put everything in people right, right. you think about the quadrilateral or you think about um, you know the Bible prayer circumstances in the church like there are there's there's a he gives us a, a couple of ways for us to go okay God is this you. And is this the best thing you have for me? Mm-hmm. And and we can kind of play that out. So, um, I mean, if if we don't have someone that we look up to spiritually, mm-hmm. what are we doing? Yeah. You know, like, not to put all of our <laughs> yeah. emphasis in someone else, but we should have someone that we should, yes. we could be able to talk to, and can also call us out on our crap. <laughs> That's right. And I'll tell you something, Josh. And it's. Ugh. It's something that I just, I want so much for the Porch Community Church is, you know, again, it seems like it comes up a lot. Like there's people that think, oh, you talk about community too much, but, you know, it's so important. Mm -hmm. And the community starts with, yes, it can be being together in worship, but it also is with doing life with some people that are kind of maybe in the same place you are right now. Maybe it's a, you know, you and Carrie, you have two young kids so like mm-hmm. being with other parents that are raising kids like and you guys are in this place of life but then also to have that person that mentor mm-hmm. that disciple uh you know discipler you know whatever you want to call them but someone who's like hey how's it going what's going on mm-hmm. um keep doing this i know you've been challenged with this how's that going like that a whole accountability exactly. yeah. we need that in our life and i want that so 
much for our church. And um, so for those who think we talk about community and the need for community groups and the need for being mentored, if you think we talk about it too much, I'm really sorry, but we're going to keep talking about it because it's so, so important. Well, I mean, Justin's message, proximity determines purpose, is yep. a community message. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, it yeah. really is because mm-hmm. the people you surround yourself with are going to be yep. the community you surround yourself with is going to shape who you are. You are who you hang out with. Yeah. I mean, um, well, the old saying that moms would say, you are what you eat. <laughs> you yeah. are who you hang out with. You are who you hang you out with. You are who you spend time with. And I mean, it should. So it doesn't just start with God, but no. God's people. Yeah. Yeah. And hanging out and being in proximity with God's people that are actively trying to seek God mm-hmm. and push their faith walk is going to help you push your faith walk For sure. and, and help you grow closer to God because you're going to be able to feed off of each other. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're just hanging out with a bunch of dudes that all they're trying to do is grow their 401ks or <laughs> um, trying to get to the uh, top level in Halo and stuff like that, you're going to be you're going to become that yeah you're going to become that community. Sure. And so proximity determines purpose. So if, if you attach yourself with a uh, Christ-centered community, mm-hmm. it you're going to become a Christ-centered follower of Christ. I mean, yeah, and think about it. I mean, I think about how unintentionally, like mm-hmm. without even trying, there are times when there are people who I respect, love, uh, whether I know them or don't, but they say something. Or they model something that I see, and I just make a mental note like, wow, I want to do that. Mm-hmm. And that's an unintentional way. Oh, yeah. So think about what would happen if intentionally mm-hmm. we said, you know what? Like, I see this person. I see fruit in their life. I see wisdom in their life. They are a few, just a couple steps ahead of me. And this is more talking like one-on-one here. Mm-hmm. I'm going to ask that person if they would, you know, get with me once a month, every couple of weeks. Like it doesn't, you know, have to start out being like, you know, every single, you know, at 4 a.m. we got to get together on Wednesday morning. Like it can just start like, hey, would you, Naturally. let's go have lunch. Mm-hmm. I want to, I want to hear your story. Mm-hmm. Um, because think, again, unintentionally, there are things we pick up from people and we go, wow, that's good. Um, now we also see things sometimes or hear things and go, wow, I don't ever want to do that. So, but like, oh, yeah. so if unintentionally we're, we're learning from other believers or people we respect, then how much more so if we were intentional about it? Mm-hmm. So, and it is that whole proximity thing. So yeah. it's just, um, you and, know, go ahead. And if, if you are one of those that feels like we're de- beating the community like a dead horse, I can hear it. You know, what's really awesome listeners Josh had um, some bean, a bean burrito for breakfast. That's what you're hearing right now. No, see what? No, he, it's, it's totally the bean burrito. Yeah, they're working on the air conditioner. And it sounds like they're working on it like directly, directly over us. our head. So. All right, so after a quick air conditioner fixture break, <laughs> um, we're going to jump back into it. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, I wanted I wanted to touch on the third point that that Justin made, which was made, which was that God also reveals Himself to us through when we look at the world around us and we see needs that are there. Um, we see 
maybe injustices or we see things where like, I want that to change or I know that I can make a difference in this, that God can use that to say, mm-hmm. okay, yeah, I, I've called you to this. And, and I have a personal example of, um, so I went to Romania. Mm-hmm. I was there for several months. I worked in like a, a transition home for a... For girls who had been basically kicked out of orphanages, <laughs> it was not. It wasn't cool, um, and, and it was came down to like they had a bed, and it was choose between a, a five year old girl that orphan that needed a bed, or a sixteen year old girl, and so they would give the sixteen year old girl the equivalent of like thirty five bucks and say you got two weeks and go. And these girls, of course, were ending up in prostitution and and drug addiction and stuff. So they started these transition homes. So I go over there. I spend several months there, and. When my time was up, I came back and I was just, I was ready to just like, you know, cancel all my bills here and all my subscriptions and everything and pack up and move back to Romania. But I got some really wise advice. It's like, hey, don't make any rash decisions for 30 days. Don't make any major life decisions. Pray. Mm -hmm. And in that process, God, I was like, I want to make a difference in, in, in these people's lives, like in other people's lives who... It, you can tell that their life is going to go in this other direction if someone doesn't intervene. And God said, I want, I, and I, I, this is out of a lot of prayer, and there's a whole backstory to this of some experiences in my life when I've heard God talk to me. Mm-hmm. And so this was one of those again when it was like, I want, yes, I want you to to work and speak into people's lives who you, the trajectory is going to go in a different direction right. unless I intervene. But I want you to do that here. And so uh, that began the process of me answering the call to ministry. I mean, it still took a couple of years, but mm-hmm. it was like his way of working out. And again, if he had revealed, revealed that to me earlier, I probably would have laughed in his face or most yeah. definitely run scared. So. A lot of, we'd be the rich young ruler a lot more times than we think we would. Yeah, be. for sure. Um, so. Let's let's look forward to um, the new series. We're yep. just gonna roll with the air conditioner people. Um, so let's look at the n- next series. Is the Gospel According to Genesis is the new series, and mm-hmm. we're going all the way to Easter. Yep. Um, I've been with uh, the Porch Ministry for about five years now, and this is the first time you've done a book study. An um, entire book. Well, no, I think in the we've done a Psalms series, mm-hmm. um, but this is I think the first time we've like, yeah, I mean, I guess Psalms you kind of consider are a little little different than than your norm, but yeah, yeah. So we're we're jumping in, so it'll be good. I mean, I'm looking forward to it. Is there so. any um, stuff you want to drop about uh, the Gospel according to Genesis to kind of get people excited about it? Um. Well, I'll just start with this, in case you didn't know. But when you look at the whole Bible, and starting right there in Genesis, what you find out very quickly is it's not about us. It's all about God. Mm. Now, He wants us to be part of the story, but it's all about Him. And, um, and I think that's one of the things we're, we're going to start talking about this week, is it's, it's not about us. And too often, I think we make it about... Okay, God, I need you to fix. I need you to fix this and fix that and fix this and do this. And so, where can I turn in the Bible? Let me go to the topics, you know, like the topical thing, and look it up. And I really, He wants us to know Him. Mm-hmm. It's not about us; it's about Him, and we get to be part of it. Wow! So this sounds yep. like 
a great series. I'm excited for it, mm-hmm. and I can't wait for our church to experience it together. Mm-hmm. But uh, these air conditioner. Hopefully, the gonna, climate will be wonderful yeah, on as Sunday much as because the AC it, guys are up it there. It should just be great. Up. I just hope they don't fall through the skylight here that's yeah. above us. So. Yeah. Yeah. One day we might be filming this, so you'll you'll know what we're talking about, yeah. listeners. So this is great radio TV. <laughs> um, hey, I've really enjoyed this, and I hope that the people listening have too. It's been it's been cool um, to talk through what we've been working on and what kind of we think before and after and mm-hmm. and, and all that. So I hope the listeners that you have um, enjoyed the time because we're going to keep going through this series and see how it's how it's going. And we would love feedback from you. For sure, if there's things or topics we could talk about, or if there's things that um, you go, hey, I really want to listen, but can you do this or do that? Or mm-hmm. Shannon, you talk too much. Uh, any of those things. And, and we know. know there's a lot of people out there that have questions about G- the book of Genesis. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, if you want us to try to answer your questions Ooh. about the book of Genesis, <laughs> send them to me, uh, Josh at theporchcc.com. And once again, I will ask Jeeves. Yep. <laughs> And but that's all for us today. So thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. All right, porch community, we love you guys. Uh, subscribe, share, all the good things. See you bye. See you bye. You've been listening to the One Sixty Seven Podcast. Join us next time for more insights to inspire, challenge, and encourage to help you live into the remaining one hundred and sixty-seven hours of your week.